I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, Every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Ridiculous News is a production of iHeartRadio and Cool 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 Audio. With amazing and crazy topics to pick and to choose, you are now tuned in to Ridiculous News. With interesting views on breaking the rules of broadcasting and all sorts of wild reports to keep us laughing. With funny off-brand upbeat journalism, the strange and unusual stories of what we give them. When it's all about ridiculous news everywhere, we talking about ridiculous news over here. Hey everyone, welcome to Ridiculous News, not your average news show. We cover stuff you didn't realize was news, from the wild and funny to the deep and hidden, to the absolutely ridiculous. I'm Mark Kendall. I'm an Atlanta comic. And also, fun fact about me, I love an omelet. And I'm Bill Worley, an Atlanta comedian and filmmaker. And uh, you know, Mark, I used to have a Tonka truck. That's, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Thank well, you. welcome, everyone. We are so excited that you're here. And today is actually pretty awesome, pretty special. Super special. It's, uh, it's a pretty exciting time for us because... Bill, we have a guest. We have a guest. It's Mr. Ronnie Johnson Lopez, uh, a.k.a. Rojo Lo. I'm going to clap, too. Make it bigger for me. He's here in the booth, genuinely one of the most wonderful human beings I've ever met and a close friend and super excited to have him here. Should we give him some flowers? I think so. Bill, let's do let's do this segment called giving them their flowers. Well, we'll just we're just going to go back and forth. A little bit and give compliments to Ronnie Johnson Lopez. You know, when I got married, uh, I was struggling to find a place to change into my tux, and Mr. Ronnie Johnson Lopez was there to help. Of course, uh, we we were uh, doing it at these gardens, Cater Wolford Gardens, and he like helped me find a spot and helped make sure I had everything I need, and was so sweet and kind. And I'll never forget that. It was like a, a like a teacher's classroom <laughs> or something. <laughs> or no, it was like a teacher's office with a window that looked into the classroom. Yeah. So no kids were there. No kids so were that there. Was good. But it did feel weird changing into my underwear in a place where if there were children there, that would have been a different yeah. And I had my cell phone. I was trying to take pictures, which I have those pictures. You do. I should show them to oh, you. Yeah, I don't think I've seen those pictures. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, from a while ago now. <laughs> Ronnie, I'll keep the wedding train going. This was at a different... Uh, wedding entirely you were there and um, you were wearing like this leather jacket and a tie and sunglasses and you looked so cool I didn't tell you this at the time but I was like Roddy looks so cool and then you also had the cool look about you were like very chill that day and it was it was pretty great yeah, Ronnie also, Ronnie and I have been to very many Bonnaroos, which is a mm-hmm. festival in Tennessee a, a big music festival every year except for uh, a couple years they've been canceled recently but um ronnie uh i have ronnie always does his research before those shows and i have found just by ronnie being like you got to check this band out uh there's a band called the nude party nude party baby. A, amazing band that ronnie introduced me to he also will sit and wait and hold the line 
so that we can be the very front row or close to, you know, in the pit for these big shows. So shows like Red Hot Chili Peppers or Paul McCartney or man, I don't even Jack White. Jack White. Uh oh. Yeah. Charles Gambino was crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh we gosh. if we can talk about Bonnaroo all day yeah, long, so if we just, wanted this to. could be a Bonnaroo. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Uh, Ronnie, another thing that I really admire about you is your skills as a performer. And there's so Mm. many aspects to how, you know, you're an incredible performer. So I've seen you act on stage, like with scripted material. Like I've seen you like kill it in a play. I've seen you improvise on stage. Uh, One of the things that always comes to mind first when I think of you as a performer, however, is your ability to host. And the reason I feel like being a host of a show is so can be so challenging is that like you know you can be an entertaining performer and like you know go on stage and make people feel whatever for whatever length of time mm-hmm. but a host's responsibility is like a little bit more than that you yeah. know what i mean like you have to make the audience feel welcome and comfortable and i think it's tough because you can't really like fake that you know what i mean you you can't fake making someone feel comfortable and your ability to do that i think is like really great it's unprecedented you know Man, this is a sweet segment that you guys <laughs> start off them with. Flowers. Yeah, I mean, we could just flowers. this could just be the like just one big segment. This, yeah, and it could just be giving me flowers. I, I, I'd be it, fine with that. You know, what's funny is what the audience heard was actually just one tenth of the amount of flowers <laughs> that we gave Ronnie. And and just so you know, at home Ronnie is a man just with beautiful flowing locks, hair. Yeah, down long. to uh, I would say. Uh, Past the nips. Past the nips. Past mm-hmm. the nips. Past the nips. Mm-hmm. Um, got a, a wonderful mustache. Mm-hmm. Uh, Past the nips. Past <laughs> the nips. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it's long and, and and it's a statement. Um, and uh, how about we uh, how about we talk about some crazy, ridiculous news stories? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we, uh, as always, we pulled a couple. Uh, silly headlines from the news, and so we'll we'll go through some of those. One headline I came across that I thought was pretty funny is uh, dog siblings, right? So they were adopted by different families, mm. but then ten months later, mm. they saw each other out in public and uh-uh. immediately recognized each other. They were like, "Hey, dude, yeah, mm-hmm. bro." <laughs> yeah, they just were like talking. Yeah, and- yeah. we're linked. <laughs> we're in the same family. You know, just wagging their tails. Now, now, how did they know that they? Because I right. feel like that's how some dogs cre- just greet other dogs. You know, that's a great question, Bill. <laughs> no, I'm sorry to put a put a, a question. I, I feel like it's it. just like the owners of the pets being like they just want that to be true. You know, like they really, really want that to be real. Well, these pictures are very convincing. I know no, that you all cannot pictures. see them, but the dogs are like hugging. Oh, you know, <laughs> that's, that's and they're just on their hind legs. Yes, too. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I feel like with that, that kind of means like, wow, they know each other. Because, I mean, you wouldn't necessarily, you know, hug someone unless that's like, oh, that's definitely my brother, you know? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And right. dogs usually get separated. They're siblings at birth. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I had a, a chihuahua when I was in college. His name was Choo Choo. <laughs> and his brother was Bubba. <laughs> and uh, Choo Choo and Bubba never saw each other since I... Tore them apart from their wow. hug. They were hugging too when they I were when I found them. And, oh, yeah, wow. okay. it, was, okay. it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Did they yeah. ever meet in, later in life? No, 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 no. Choo Choo and Bubba. They never. <laughs> they never. And I didn't change the names. Those were the names. So wow. I was like, "That's great. Why would I change those?" Yeah, those Choo-choo are good names. Bubba. Yeah. Oh man, hope Bubba's out there not missing Choo Choo. I know. I don't, who knows what they're doing, man? <laughs> maybe they. Maybe they made it. You know. Maybe they made it, and they're. They just. They're, they got money and they're just living life. Oh, That's what I like bling, to think. Blinging. Like they, they made it, mm-hmm. made it. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Got a record deal. Um, I mean, it does sound like some artists. Choo choo. Record deal. Choo choo and Bubba. Yeah. <laughs> Did you check out that new Choo choo and Bubba record uh, that is, came out? Or is Dang. that like an AM radio? <laughs> <laughs> like an AM radio countdown. Well, the Choo choo and Bubba. We'll count down the. <laughs> you know what? You guys should just call yourselves Choo choo and Bubba. I like that. <laughs> They'll live on forever. (laughs) How long? Uh, Here's a uh, speaking of animal news stories. uh, You know, in Hawaii, uh, we all love dolphins. Of course, it's a dream to swim with dolphins. They're such cool animals, right? And swimming with Hawaii's spinner dolphins is popular, but now it is banned. It, It you can no longer swim with the spinner dolphins, and I have to say, that feels okay. 
I'm, yeah. I'm okay with that. But what, what, what did the Dolphins say? It was them? They were like, no, we're done? Or I, they were like... I think what happens when uh, uh, any kind of animal becomes overly comfortable with humans um, is that they can, you know, get cl- closer to ships that could be dangerous. They could get closer to shore mm-hmm. that could be dangerous. Mm-hmm. In this case, they're also a nocturnal animal. Um, and it can affect their ability to be nocturnal. What? Dolphins are nocturnal animals? These spinner dolphins. Oh, spinner, specifically the spinner dolphins. I, you know what? And I don't know that. It might, it might expand beyond spinner dolphins. But I, I have seen dolphins during the day, so I don't feel like they're nocturnal. Well, that's kind of what my question was. Because I yeah. was like, I've, I've only seen dolphins during the day. I, mean, right, I know true. that they exist at night, but it's like... Late night aquariums aren't really a thing, aren't a thing as much, but. Well, I myself have never seen dolphins during the evening as well. I guess they just go home. Just go home and <laughs> just eat some dinner and call it a night. On, spin on home. Yeah. But yeah. We, can't, we can't swim with them anymore. Well, you can't. Well, we, can, we all can't. But Ronnie, is that, does that change a bucket list item for you? Oh, um, yeah. I uh, <laughs> wanted to s- swim with the dolphins and, you know, and Flipper was, I uh, grew up watching Flipper. So. Flipper was good. Yeah, yeah, he was good. Flipper was, was good. good. I enjoyed Flipper. Flipper was always saving people, you know, which is. <laughs> <laughs> like Lassie, mm-hmm. right? You know what was mm-hmm. interesting real quick about that is like, so Flipper was always saving people. Which is even more impressive to me than Lassie because Flipper's in the water. And it was mm. during the day. I feel like most of the rescues were happening. Yeah. And they're nocturnal animals. Right. That's, right. That is impressive. So that's like, <laughs> Flipper's like living a double life. He's like out at night with his dolphin friends like, okay, guys, I got to go to bed early. And they're like, Flipper, you're so boring. You always go to bed early. <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah, I know. But you know how it is. The sun's coming up. I got to go to bed. And he's like a vigilante. You know what I mean? He's always the, the different one. Yeah. yeah. The odd one. Yeah. Uh, I would love to go back and watch Flipper now as mm-hmm. an adult and see how it holds up. I don't know. that. I wonder if it does. Did they ever do a reboot? A Flipper reboot? Um, I think there was a Flipper movie after the okay. television show that I'm not familiar with. But as far as like a present day, like mm. more recent remake, I don't know about that. I could see like CBS like killing that, <laughs> that new dolphin. <laughs> well, there was show. controversy because I think the, the guys that trained Flipper and the dolphins that represented Flipper came out. There was a documentary about dolphins and that they were ended up depressed. Yeah. And mm. it was really hard on the dolphins. It's an intense documentary uh, where the, the the main trainer that worked with, I think, the dolphins that represented Flipper said they got so depressed that some of them committed suicide by holding their breath, which is oh as a... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> which was one of, like, it makes me sad right now saying that out yeah, loud. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, wow, if that's a if that's a thing, you know, when, when I do go see dolphin shows or dolphins in captivity, I worry about them. I worry yeah. about those dolphins. Well, I don't. I really don't go to the zoo or the aquarium anymore uh, uh, at all. I mean, it's just I feel so bad. Like we when I got married, uh, me and my wife got married in Iceland and we saw puffins on the bird cliffs. Mm, They were beautiful. Yeah. They were flying, you know, just living their lives. And this big I remember this big tour bus came and these tours came out and and the 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 puffins would fly over their heads. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they're all like, oh, they're like, you know, really enjoying it. We're watching it from a distance. Yeah. And, and so the Atlanta Aquarium got uh, puffins a few years back. We were like, oh, let's go see the puffins. Yeah. It's going to be great. And they're in this like little teeny like box mm. where they can't fly or anything. And, and I was like, oh, there's a little door in the back. That's where they let him out to fly. You know, no, I'm sure. I'm sure. And we asked the, the person working there. They're like, no, no, that's, that's where they stay. And it was sad. Mm-hmm. So we just don't go to the aquarium or zoo anymore. It's, it's sad. But I do understand that they do, uh, like, there's a lot of uh, positive things that go along with zoos and aquariums, like mm-hmm. right. research and taking care of animals. But I just feel not, like it's jail. Not for you, Ronnie. No. No, no <laughs> not for you. I get it. I get it. You know, I, I do think it's a, it's a tough thing because I think some of those animals are might be damaged or, or hurt and they're, and they're trying to do research on them. But yeah, it, it's a tricky, it's yeah. a tricky situation. Um, here's a headline for y'all. Um, 
A children's book was returned to a Toronto library after 43 years. Wow. Yeah. Did they, did, did, please tell me they say what the book was. Yeah, it was okay. a children's book on poetry. Um, so well, what, Which one was it? Was it, it the was, part? the book was called Nicholas Knock and Other People Poems by Toronto author Dennis Lee. And it was recently returned to the Danforth Coxwell branch after being taken out in 1978. You think he read it? You think he actually read it? Oh book? my gosh. <laughs> You probably never did, <laughs> did he? <laughs> no, no. This finally was like, ah. You know what? He admitted it. I'm not going to read this. I'm not. I kept saying it, but. It's been on my shelf for 43 Right. Well, years. maybe like, what, 40 years? If, he was, if it's a kid's book, maybe when he was three or so, he got it. I don't know. Right. Did, was there a fine associated? I'm glad you asked that, Bill, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, a representative from the library mentioned that uh, this particular title is a children's poetry book. Uh, and earlier this year, we announced that we are eliminating kids' overdue fines in a move to remove barriers to library access. Nice. Wow. Yeah. So he didn't have to give the book back? Uh, well, I think it's like they were able to return it without fear of having like crazy oh, fines. Oh, just the fines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought for some mm-hmm. reason I heard you get to keep the book <laughs> when well, you go to the library. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I heard that. <laughs> well, you know, that. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. You know, because there was always kind of a crazy aspect of, of library books. Oh, the fine, the fine. And I wonder, you know, how much of a library book's operating costs come from the fines? Hmm. I'm curious, too, because I've heard people talk. And, and I'm also curious how, like, like, a public library is different from, like, a college library. Because, like, mm-hmm. yeah. I was talking to someone just the other day how, like, when they were in college, they had a library that they, were, book, they returned late. And there was, like, this crazy fine that they couldn't pay. So they just didn't check out books from their college library, even <laughs> though they were paying for college. Yeah. Well, wow. they would get other people to check it out for oh, them or wow. like they would, you know, and I think that that is a barrier. I know like in years past for myself, there've been times where it's like, man, I don't want to go back to the library. They're going to, they're going to get me for that movie that I didn't return to the right. you know, like, Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that's definitely, definitely a barrier. It's interesting. This person waited 43 years to be like, oh, finally. <laughs> <laughs> now it the time. was on his conscious, <laughs> yeah, right? That yeah. whole time. Yeah. Did you guys go to library? Like, not uh, out of school, though. Not for school. Did you just go to the library for? Sometimes, as a young kid, I would. And uh, my my grandmother um, was a librarian. I think that was in, in part why. So she would take us to the library sometimes when I was growing up, and and I I liked it. I did think it was cool, even as a young kid. And there was a library in Woodstock, Georgia, which is where I was growing up that had like a, a train inside of it. And I would get a book and go sit in the train mm-hmm. and read the book. And I, I remember that That's pretty cool. fondly. Yeah. I feel like, like last time I've been, they have like Blu-ray discs oh, and yeah. video games and CDs and like just stuff that you would like back in the day, go to Blockbuster for, and you mm-hmm. could, we could just go to the library and get it for, or well, you know, I guess we're paying Paying for it indirectly, but you know what I mean. Get it, yeah. get it for free. Yeah, the, and the, a lot of them have like a really cool, like the one in Kirkwood here in Atlanta, Georgia, has a great like uh, graphic novel section that's huge. Mm. So a lot oh, of really? like, like, oh yeah, amazing. Oh man, all kinds of cool stuff. And um, you know that that was something that was attracting. You know, it's it's funny. Like speaking of this, I I randomly was going into a Barnes and Nobles the other day. I was shopping and then had a little bit of extra time. I was like, oh, I haven't been in here forever. I went to the back of the Barnes and Nobles and they had like a whole DVD section uh-huh. that was highlighted. And I was like, this company is not going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> it just was so. And were, then, they, were they new or they used DVDs? Uh, you know, they seemed like they were new. Wow. It was like a new DVD yeah. section. And then there was a CD section, CD section that was large. And then records, which I could. Record seems a little bit vinyl. more. Yeah, they have vinyl, which more I know people are into. But guys, when's the last time you bought a CD? You know, seriously, I like bought a like a cheap sixty dollar Blu-ray player. Nice, <laughs> because going to thrift shops and stuff and going through their DVDs and Blu-rays. Because back in the day, those would be like thirty bucks for one, and now they're right. like four or five dollars. Yeah. So literally last night to so, to wind down, I pulled out my old copy of. X-Men 2. Nice. <laughs> um, from, I got it at, uh, yeah, some random place that, you know. And 
This holds up, man. This is a I good love movies. X-Men 2. It was a good one. Yeah, I do remember those but, movies. But to answer your question, like, yeah, very recently. <laughs> <laughs> well, too, I mean, there's definitely something about, like, physically looking through titles of something mm-hmm. versus, like, scrolling on a screen. Oh, man. You know? and, and not only that, but, yeah, that's really fun. But then the menus. Mm. You forget about oh, DVD yeah. and Blu-ray oh, yeah. menus, and it's just, like, cool like intros and and it's you know i remember the terminator 2 dvd the it the music for the menu was just like just over yeah yeah you knew it was terminator time when you heard that two about dvds that i haven't really seen Except on DVD or Blueberry, is DVD com or yeah. director uh, commentary? Yeah, which is so great, it's crucial for filmmaking. Oh my and gosh, learning about filmmaking, learn so much from yeah. DVD com. And there's some DVD commentaries where it's just like they do not hold back. It's just like yeah. they're they're very open about like what didn't didn't work in yeah. the movie. It's excellent. interesting. I have always heard that there's a DVD commentary of the movie. Um, um, uh, it's a Patrick Swayze movie where he's a bouncer. Uh, Roadhouse? Uh, Roadhouse. And the commentary, for some reason, is by Kevin Smith. on the, mm-hmm. And it's supposed to be hilarious. And it's just like, I don't know where to get a DVD. I want to hear it. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I hope that someday Netflix and Amazon on all these, and maybe they have some of it, is that you can just switch to a DVD commentary. Uh, yeah. I haven't seen that option. I haven't seen that as much either, but. That's another, that's that's the only reason I think that people do to this day would want to buy those things. Mm-hmm. You know, especially yeah. for TV shows. I love Hearing the cast talk about their experiences mm-hmm. and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun to learn the behind the scenes of like, oh, you know what? Actually, yeah. uh, I wasn't naked <laughs> yeah, in yeah, that yeah. scene. Or, you know what? I, I cut my finger. Yeah. Or yeah. they're like, look through the window. That's not the real outside. <laughs> <It's the studio." laughs> you're like, what? <laughs> Mind blown. Oh, uh, I would love to. I don't, I don't know if you have another story you want to to Mark, but I would like to play a quick game with uh, Ronnie Johnson Lopez called Make It Spooky. I love this game. Uh Uh, So, Ronnie, I'm going to give you some headlines that are not at all spooky and hopefully positive, but I hope that you can take that and make it spooky for our audience. Um, I'm going to read you one, and if you need me to repeat it, just let me know. This one is... Eighth grade softball player pitches for opposing team when their player gets sick. Okay, can I, can I absolutely. just look at it? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Cool. Uh, where, where are we at? Eighth grade, okay. I would say that even reached the level of horror. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Ronnie, I'm never going to read that article now because I'm scared. And also mm-hmm. because I think you gave me all the information in that story. But that was yeah. this, that was incredibly scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It a little, went a little bit above spooky to to just scary. I've I, been on an American Horror Story binge <laughs> lately. So <laughs> I love it. on my mind. Uh, can, we, can we do one more? Okay. Um, but instead of spooky. All right. Let's try something different. Uh-oh. Um, I'm not ready for this. Different. How about um, as if the world's ending, mm-hmm. this is just a detrimental, devastating headline. Okay. Uh, you know, as if Russia has launched their nukes, let's mm-hmm. say. Okay. And so this is the world is ending, mm-hmm. and this is the headline. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is an emergency broadcast. The last emergency broadcast that we're going to have. New Australian first gene therapy enables visually impaired people to see stars for the first time. But the smoke in the sky will be blocking those stars anyway, so... (laughs) 
Goodbye, everybody, for the last time. We're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsor. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, Every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. With amazing and crazy topics for picking to choose, you are now tuned in to Ridiculous News. Let's move forward from the amazing readings into the main topic tonight, which is ska music. What? <laughs> yeah, ska music. And I know that if you looked at a photo of the the people in this room and thought, who is going to be the, the one that wanted to do a ska music <laughs> podcast? It is surprisingly Mark Kendall. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, going into this episode, I didn't know anything about ska you know Uh what i mean like not not really have i heard ska music yes but would i claim to know very much about it no but so so if somebody was like what what like when you say ska to you what like is there a song that would come to mind or something at all or well if if there was a sound that would come to mind it's like uh uh, like horns okay so i think about like 90s rock and roll with horns in it okay you you know so that's if before I read up what I read on read up on Scott, that's what nineties <laughs> rock and roll with horns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what I when I read more about it, I found that it's so much more layered mm-hmm. than I originally gave it credit for. Like I would say that you know I was pretty like ignorant of the genre and kind of like dismissed it. You know what I mean? Because I think that currently a lot of times like when I've come across Scott, it's been like a little bit of a punchline, you know, like mm-hmm. where like people have made fun of it. But the yeah. more I read about it, I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, I mean, I don't know why I'm surprised, but like any genre of music that's managed to survive, it's like, it has like, you know, dense roots, you know? Yeah. So uh, yeah. I'm going to read uh, a definition of ska music cool. from Encyclopedia Britannica. All right. So ska music uh, is Jamaica's first indigenous urban pop style, uh, pioneered by the operators of powerful mobile discos called sound systems. Ska evolved in the late fifties from early Jamaican form of rhythm and blues that emulated American rhythm and blues, especially that produced in New Orleans, Louisiana. A new beat emerged that mixed the shuffling rhythm of American pianist Roscoe Gordon with Caribbean folk influences, most notably the Mambo of Cuba and the Mento, a Jamaican dance music that provided the new music's core rhythm. The boogie-woogie piano vamp characteristic of the New Orleans-style rhythm and blues was simulated by guitar chop on the offbeat and onomatopoeia style. It's like <laughs> I don't know that that word is what is onomatopoeia. Onomatopoeia like and ona, I'll say onomatopoeia like became known as ska. Uh, the beat was made more locomotive by the horns, saxophones, trumpet, trombone, and piano that played the same riff on the offbeat. Uh, all the while, drums kept a beat with bass drum accents of the second and fourth beats. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it's something, just throw in there, because when I think about the history of ska, 
Uh, and we had talked a little bit, Mark, about reggae. Yeah. Um, you know, we all know Bob Marley and, and those kind of reggae tones, and ska has a similar vibe. But it actually turns out, uh, while the, the difference between the two is sub, sub nuanced, um, where reggae is a little slower, more laid back, ska is a bit punchier. Indeed, reggae involve, evolved from ska. So break, ska was first. That's super interesting. interesting. I didn't yeah. know. Wait, whoa. Mm-hmm. Reggae evolved from ska. Right. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's super interesting. Mm-hmm. What wow. the heck? I'm just so shocked that there's so many different genres that where ska music comes from. It's like, what, mom, uh, for, uh, uh, mambo style, Caribbean influences. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's just crazy. Blues. Rhythm and blues. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing that I find really interesting about ska is just how it's very much a combination. As it's evolved, it's just been like a combination of cultures coming together, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, in the re- uh, our amazing researcher, Casey, uh, found some great info for us on ska. And ska is kind of broken up into three waves. Mm-hmm. And so that first wave of ska is like the original Jamaican scene. Mm-hmm. And so post-World War II... Uh, Jamaicans, they were able to listen to American music on the radio uh, through stations in New Orleans and Miami. So there was like this high volume of popular R&B tunes coming into the country. And so, for example, like uh, the Fast Domino song, Ain't That a Shame, or uh, Fast Domino, sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Jamaican producers, they started, uh, you know, taking in those sounds and letting it influence their own thing, right? And so then by the early 60s, uh, ska was the most popular genre in Jamaica. And so uh, so these sound systems are like these like mobile, you know, discos were popping up mm-hmm. playing this music. Cool. And so then we move into the second wave. Okay. Second wave. Yeah, which is like two-tone. Uh, and that uh, mostly proliferated in London because you have London, you know, that through imperialism, you know what I'm saying, had its foothold in places like Jamaica, all over the world. So by the 70s, you have Jamaican families moving to London to work in the city. And you have working class um, uh, people from Jamaica and working class Mm. people already living in London, mixing together, living together, working together. Uh And uh, in addition to that, you have this this ska taking on this next kind of evolution. Um, and so Two-Tone is the record label that was putting out these acts of the time, uh, uh, acts like uh, Madness, S- The Selector, The Specials, right? Yeah. Uh, who have a lot of hits that you'd probably recognize if you yeah. heard them on the radio. Like, I could not, before reading up on it, I could not tell you a song by The Specials, but then you hear one of their hits and you're like, right. oh, oh mm-hmm. I've heard that song. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. on Our life. House. Is in the middle of our street, which is not special. That's madness, right? Um, mm-hmm. But that, that's a song that I <laughs> think sure. a lot of people know. Yeah, I always thought that was David Byrne too. It kind of has a yeah. has of a definitely like a David Byrne feel to it. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And and what I find especially interesting about ska in general, but also like the second wave of ska, is that you know, in the sixties and the seventies in uh, London, it's like this politically turbulent time. There's there's so much going mm-hmm. on with like. Um, uh, political unrest. And so then you have this genre of ska music that's kind of like giving voice to these political movements that are happening. Uh, But the thing that's interesting in the sound of ska is like it has this upbeat pace. It makes you want to dance. Like it's Mm -hmm. dancing music. And to me, I think that there's like joy, you know, in like the choice to dance. And so... Use that juxtaposition. I always found really interesting because you hear these um, ska hits mm-hmm. from that time period, and if you're not listening closely, you're like, "Oh, what a nice, happy <laughs> song!" But it's just mm-hmm. like, no, these are like um, uh, these are songs that have that that have um, an aggression to them uh-huh. in the lyrics. And so I've always, and so that was something that I was not aware of, and was like really interested to read about, like in this second wave. And a lot of these second wave bands also featured, um, you know, multiracial lineups, yep. you know, mm-hmm. um, and 
even like a lot of the style reflected that, like the combining of cultures. Um, so seeing that pop up in the second wave in particular was just like, oh, that's really interesting. And so to me, it kind of gives a different context for all the different ways that we see ska musically or aesthetically pop up in different parts of the world in the years after that. So. Gosh, it's just so incredible. <laughs> this is cause insane. Well, and, and, you know, the checkerboard pattern, did that come in at two-tone? I'm not 100% sure when that arrived. I wasn't sure either, but it could have because those shoes, mm. the... Um, I'm not. I'm not sure. I, well, I it, feel like when I think of Madness or the Specials yeah. and those bands, I feel like yeah. So like looking back at some, um, some of the Madness albums and things like that, they do have that pattern, that checkerboard pattern mm-hmm. in them. So I think probably second wave is when it came in, and it, that can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. But I think especially if you grew up, you know, listening to ska and playing in ska and. and, and, and I was in a ska punk band in high school, and I definitely saw that on album covers. People wore it on shirts, guitar straps. Exactly, exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. And so, you know, what did what did that come to symbolize? It's and many different things for different people, um, but I think it was about combining different things. I mean, the the white and the black has this juxtaposition, but I think it's combined. It was a, a, a upbeat and a downbeat and a powerful thing, and to what you were talking about, Mark, about the the bands having um, more of an interracial group, I think that can also be reflective in that checkerboard pattern. Unfortunately, that kind of went away a little bit towards the third wave. But um, I think, you know, in the second wave, that still seems like that was part of the makeup of a lot of these bands. And I think that there's still, like, traces of that that have remained in school in ska mm-hmm. since since then you know what i yeah, mean like yeah. so even if it shows up in different ways to me and what i mm-hmm. see in ska is like there's that's still part of its core you know mm-hmm. what i mean like no matter what mutation symbol. it takes yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. absolutely how yeah. cool yeah yeah i just thought it was a cool looking style i was like man that looks cool yeah the ska people are so cool yeah and and when you think of ska people ronnie was there a particular term oh my for a scar person that you might have heard or are familiar with? Oh, um, I don't remember. Is, this, is there <laughs> one? I have um, really put you on the spot for that one. How about rude boy? Does that ring oh, any bells? Oh, uh-uh. No, rude boy, huh? So, the, yeah, the, there was a, a term for ska punks or, or people that celebrated ska and really were huge fans of ska, and it was rude boys. And, um, like, uh, there's a, a, a song by the specials that's talking about Rudy, uh, a message to you, Rudy. Um, and that Rudy was kind of a shortened version of Rude Boys. But if you could picture it, you can mm. picture kind of the the knitted cap that you might see, mm. associate. I associate with British people for some reason, <laughs> and then the suspenders, and then some mm. uh, maybe some checkerboard uh, uh, shirts or checkerboard suspenders for that matter, yeah. and then uh, like boots. And they would often do a tie a kind of uh, dancing called. Skanking. Skanking, baby. <laughs> have yeah. you guys skanked before? I have. Oh, of course you have. If you're in a... <laughs> yeah. I've, I've not skanked yeah, no. before, but easy. now it contextualizes what I, what must have been skanking. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so I think I've seen it, but wasn't aware of what I was watching. I think that there's a famous Seinfeld scene where um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus's character does the little kicks... Uh, oh, as her dancing, oh, yeah. and to me, that's a pretty that's skanking. That's a yeah. little skanking, bit of yeah. a skanking. You're you're throwing your arms up and you're doing those little kicks, and it uh, works. It and does. Skanking just works. I don't know why. It just even without ska music, it's just like <laughs> the body flows with it, and it's not like like the new dances these days, like flossing, which probably isn't new anymore. But <laughs> this just like you you know, it just just weird. But right, yeah, I love I love. It's more natural to maybe what your body would do. You'd feel that. To that do. is, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's what it is. Did you guys? I mean, I skanked in college. Like that was the skanking days. Was the college days mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. for you guys? But when you were skanking in college, what were you skanking too, Ronnie? I mean, you can't deny no doubt. Yeah. You can't de- deny sublime, right? Right. right. Um, man, we used to. Uh, 
I mean, honestly, my college buds were just crazy. They'd skank to anything. <laughs> but uh, a lot of people don't know, though, is that No Doubt's first album was just all ska. They started as a ska band, and it was Gwen Stefani's brother. They had another lead singer named John Spence, who unfortunately committed suicide, R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it doesn't get more ska. I mean, checkered boards and, and horn section and on and off beats and... Um, and, you know, I didn't get into No Doubt until Tragic Kingdom, and that's their third album, and people don't even realize that that's their third album. Mm, yeah. And so um, they're really, really cool. Um, I really love how, you know, they started as Ska, and then a few albums down, they go to Rocksteady, and they recorded that album all in Jamaica. Mm. Um and um, they, just to hear all those influences come together, and it's almost kind of like a callback to their old stuff, and, and uh, the message behind, like, their ska music, and I think maybe a lot more modern ska music is like love and, um, you know, just peace and being together and good times and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I love I love Noda. I think that uh, that their ska is awesome. I, I I think that message permeates throughout ska culture, and it's funny because you know. It's interesting to hear that reggae was an offshoot of ska because I think yeah. of reggae in my head as older, especially when you yeah. get to like No Doubt and Third Wave. Obviously, reggae was older, but when I think of like Bob Marley and and you know all all the the offshoots of how positive that music mm-hmm. is, like Three Little Birds, um, you know, don't worry, everything's going to be all right. And I wonder if it's because of you know the positive tone of ska mm-hmm. and the the major chords and the horns. Um, give you that vibe but what Hmm. was so interesting uh, about it is that you know me and when I was in a punk band I also really related to the lyrics and the lyrics of a band called Operation Ivy we did Op Ivy covers for all those deep dive people out there that Operation Ivy yeah Operation Ivy was a band um, two of the members later uh, went on to form Rancid which is a a little bit more popular punk band Mm -hmm. Um, but they were together I think from 1987 to 1989 and they you know, in, in the vibe of punk rock, it was like, if you got too big, you sold out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Green Day was a band who um, was really ridiculed when they yeah. decided to, to go big. I'm They're sorry. almost the poster child for that, I feel like. Exactly. Um, and and in, my, in my mind, I've never thought of Green Day as sellouts because they continue to do the same type of music. In my mind, a sellout is someone uh, where they completely change the style of music they're doing just to make money. Mm-hmm. That is what I consider sellout, but of course, punk rock kids have very strong feelings about it um but operation ivy you know was from 87 to 89 and they actually broke up because they were getting too popular they thought they were getting too many people at their shows they're getting too popular so which is bizarre to me i mean these kids they were in their maybe late teens early 20s they were young and they decided no we're too cool so we can't do this anymore Hmm. um which just tells you the amount of peer pressure i think being in a scene and completely engrossed in a scene of people who really want your music to stay mm. in that scene mm-hmm. um you know they were like yeah it, and it has they haven't they've never to my knowledge done any sort of a reunion tour or anything like that although green day did play with operation ivy a couple of times back when they were together and, oh, open for and, and yeah opened oh. for them and um to this day, uh, a lot of times at concerts, uh, Billy Joe and Green Day will cover Operation Ivy songs. Uh, at least, at least one. Um, you, you definitely with Green Day, you definitely see those like Vans shoes and the checkerboard with those guys too. Yeah, and yeah. they got a little. They're more punk for sure, more punk rock. But right. I mean, they're they're not ska at all, really. But yeah, yeah, yeah. but the the aesthetics, I guess, is, is it's there. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and the, and the vibe, I think, you know, uh-huh. the, the, those lyrics of Operation Ivy, and a lot of those bands I related to, I, I think they're kind of geared maybe towards the angsty teenagers who don't feel like they fit in. So then you have this subculture mm-hmm. where you, you can fit in, and a lot of that, the lyrics were about, you know, feeling ostracized that, you know, don't become a cog in the machine, mm-hmm. reject capitalism, um, reject racism, reject... Um, you know, uh, the patriarchy and stuff like that was interesting because it, it's this very positive music, but with these messages that are kind of subversive, you know? Yeah, and I think that's something that's what I think makes the work making anything kind of have like um, a more 
interesting experience where it's like you can come back to another when you come back to it again and you realize there's more mm-hmm. there to mm-hmm. it than what's on the surface and not that there's wrong with anything that's just like just one thing you know mm-hmm. where you you get that experience and it is what it is but i'm always kind of like intrigued by music or songs that i can go back to at different mm-hmm. points in my life and it means something mm-hmm. different than it did before you, you right, know for sure you know so like and so that's something that's cool to me about like this this genre yeah i always listen to the music first when i'm listening to music and then i'll listen to the lyrics and it's just like when you get into the lyrics it just takes songs to the next level and then mm-hmm. especially when it's meaningful lyrics or powerful lyrics that involve you know change in our world and things like that it's just it makes it makes the songs classic and timeless you know i think that's like a big famous thing with the beatles and dylan is beatles when they first got big they were just writing songs about holding their girlfriend's hands and stuff and then bob dylan's like guys you got like a mic that is pointed at the whole world or a speaker that's pointed at the whole world you know and you guys are singing about your girlfriends (laughs) and then he got them high and then the beatles were like oh yeah that's that's true (laughs) do you think that was an instrumental part of it was the message or was it the weed or was it the combination i mean they're both are extremely instrumental (laughs) both are extremely i mean i think the influence of bob dylan's i mean come on huge yeah but um the influence of of marijuana is is really big too but there are people who think that when they're on weed that that their music isn't coming from them that it's coming from the weed Hmm. you know Hmm. but the beatles didn't think that thank god (laughs) (laughs) yeah well you know i you know talking about you know, Beatles and then coming into present day, I think when when you were mentioning No Doubt and I was talking about Alfred and Ivy and Sublime, mm-hmm. bands like that, is we have reached the third wave, mm. which is the third wave of ska, ska that's came across the Atlantic. Um, and a lot of those bands, were, it was kind of that surge of ska in the 90s where ska kind of really hit the high point. Um, they were selling out CDs. They were all over MTV. Um, and... Uh, it became super popular. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that was my ska awakening for sure. <laughs> it was the '90s, um, no doubt, and sublime. And and again, I just think like it's just really cool. Like it was just all really cool. Everything about it and made me feel made me feel special. I guess I don't know. Um, but um, it's interesting because I feel like third wave third wave ska lyrics seem to be more about ska itself and the music and having fun and maybe the the message of the the big important messages behind the lyrics may be a little bit lost Mm -hmm. i could be wrong though i'm not quite quite up on modern day ska but um it seems from the first wave to the third wave it was like what the heck happened between the second and the third one you know right yeah (laughs) we'll be right back with more ridiculous news after this short break I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. You are now tuned in to Ridiculous News. You know, Ronnie, you were saying uh, something really interesting about, you know, the third wave and how it 
you know, look different from the second wave and mm-hmm. things like that. And, um, and I'm not as familiar with like, you know, the third wave or, you know, what ska music is mm-hmm. currently. However, I think a trend that I've noticed in current iterations of ska uh, culturally or musically around the world is that, that, uh, there still seems to be like that similar juxtaposition of like, we're going to like use this danceable music to address whatever our experiences Mm -hmm. are, you know? And I think that, you know, as time changes, that might look different, you know, like, so based on the scenario. So, so there may be times where it's just like that danceable music and talking about an experience maybe doesn't come across like, yeah. as serious or or high stakes um how however it's like i feel like you know you could probably say that about any you yeah. know musical movement you know what i mean and it's just like i wonder if instead like a way to look at it is like the insistence on like joy you know what i'm saying if i was kind of uh-huh. going to look at it from like a bigger picture and how that can always be you know subversive or revolutionary no matter what is necessarily cir- going on yeah. circumstantially you, that you makes know? sense yeah. um so um so i realized like the stakes of 1970s london might be okay. different than like 1995 like orange county california yeah, yeah, yeah. you know mm-hmm. right. but i mean it's just like it's just like the music has to evolve and it has yeah. to go to different places you yeah. know and and because, you know, it had this uh, moment in like the mid to late 90s where it was very widespread, that's what is probably allowed it to continue to travel to other places, you know. Um, so, yeah. Wow, that's, that's awesome. What a great perspective. And that makes total sense because I think about No Doubt and Sublime and they are singing a lot about their personal experiences and things they're going through in their lives and yeah, maybe that's just a natural part of the evolution of of this sound. I mean, um, man, I just now I'm like, yeah, third wave ska is pretty good. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think that's, that's cool. Funny too, thinking about the, the the downfall of it. Yeah, uh, because it went so popular. Now it's become. It, 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 I think it it burned very brightly, and it equally burned out very brightly. So there's a, a a recent meme y'all might have seen where it's a picture of Real Big Fish, which is a big ska band. Mm-hmm. And says, I once heard Ska described as what plays in a 13-year-old kid's head when he gets extra mozzarella sticks. <laughs> and nothing in this world is more accurate. <laughs> um, and, you know, it was kind of a, a random downfall for it. And it almost became mm-hmm. a, a joke, right? I think mm-hmm. it's some people look at it now yeah. as just kind of a... Make fun of them. Yeah, make fun of it. Like, uh, there's another uh, funny meme that our researcher Casey shared that said, uh, there's a couple of them. But um, it's 2020, can't get any worse. And then it shows a guy skanking and it says fourth wave. <laughs> so, um, yeah, oh, you know, it's interesting to hate. But I thought one of the articles that was shared I thought was really cool, um, just to maybe maybe on a, a wrap up, is that um, it was to your band, the bands you like, like ska. Um and I thought that was an interesting way to look at it since ska, I think a lot of people look at it now as, as you know, maybe a good example would be uh, uh, that Canadian band that everyone lives, loves to hate. Uh, Nickelback? Nickelback, <laughs> right. It almost feels like sometimes it get, has that much of a vibe. And so there's a... There's a that's, that's pretty big hate, though. That is, Nickelback yeah, hate, yeah, okay. that's, maybe, whoo, that's maybe, way up there. Maybe they but, haven't quite reached that But I got level. you, but I got you. Yeah, so, <laughs> so there's a, a Twitter handle called Do They Like Ska? <laughs> and they just tweet at musicians. Um, and it just oh, cracks really? me up. And they just answer yes yeah, or no? So, uh, so what, were you guys, what do you guys think? Is it true? Does Guar like Ska? I'd say yes. Wow. No. Gore does like Scott. Wow. Gore responded <laughs> that they do like Scott. How about Evo, uh, a great singer-songwriter Elvis Costello? Oh, he's, oh, of course. He, he I, looks Scott when he's younger, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He kind of has a rude boy yeah. look. And absolutely, you're right. He does uh, like Scott. Let me throw this one. Eve Six. I would roll the Brian. Yeah. I would roll the mine. Does it like Scott? Wait, 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 wait. 
What's the lyrics? <laughs> <laughs> I would swallow my pride. pride. I would choke on a rhyme. Do I like ska music? <laughs> Ronnie decide. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think? Uh, wait, what, what was the question? <laughs> does Does Eve Six like Scott? Oh, music? oh yeah, yeah. Um, my guess would be my my guess would be no. Wow, I mean, I would have to say yes. They're nineties. No, what? they literally <laughs> replied no. Scott, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, and uh, Bernie Sanders, <laughs> uh, who I know Ronnie is a big fan of, the burn. That's too funny. Feel the burn. Uh, oh, when man. asked about if he likes ska, the response was, Bernie Sanders has diverse musical tastes. It's not a question of if Bernie enjoys ska. The question is, did he start a venue where ska bands could perform for decades? <laughs> did he fight for ska rights? <laughs> You got ska rights. Uh, I feel like that would be like a really sick ska band name. Just Bernie, Bernie Sanders. Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great, yeah. yeah. Talk about That's uplifting. Funny. That's such a great, uh, you know, re- reference, Bill, like that that whole concept. Because I feel like both things can be true at the same time, you know, like for other genres as, as well, where it's like has these things that maybe like, oh, maybe that's not the genre's proudest moment, but it's just like, <laughs> But the thing is, it keeps, you know, evolving and keeps moving. Yeah. yeah. And then that, and then so whatever it could become next is something worth it. So, so, so yeah. I don't, yeah. Well, and I think that's what we hear nowadays with a lot of um, mainstream music. I think like back in the 90s, mainstream music was very just radio friendly and uh, just mm, predictable. And I feel like nowadays, mainstream music is like, it's like EDM. Right, you know, right. it's like electronic and it's just like different sounds and even indie music's creeping into the main main kind of scene. So I'm just excited for music in general. I hope Ska makes, I hope a fourth wave does, yeah. does come back. Yeah, why not? Let's combine a little bit of Ska, a little bit of reggae. Let's, let's make people happier. What would the fourth wave be? Like what would be the new element if would, we had a fourth wave? Would it be totally EDM? EDM Ska? That would not be good, actually. I would not be excited. That's a, I would be not. interested in hearing it. <laughs> I want to see what that's like. What if it went back and it went back to the first like uh, first mm. wave and second wave and it was really slow and upbeat and maybe you have like an Adele-type singer just, you yeah. know, launching into Reboots it. Are, the, are the thing, right? So it could work. Yeah. Somebody out there. Start that fourth wave. Start that fourth wave. I mean, if No Doubt wants to come back. (laughs) (laughs) Just one more tour so I can get to see them. That'd be great. Yeah, Gwen and uh, the team. What are the rest of the guys' names? Uh, Tom, Tony, and Adrian. If you guys are listening, (laughs) uh, Ronnie Johnson Lopez wants a fourth wave. Let's get on it. Fourth wave. Get on it. Well, uh, Ronnie, it was so great to have you as a special guest here today to talk about ska music. We, We really appreciate you being here. You know what? Uh, I'll say this again when we're off the mic, but this was great, and I really like needed to get my mind off of things 100% for real, so I, yeah. I really appreciate this, guys. I really oh, do. Awesome. Oh, man, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I love you, Ronnie. You're one of the best friends I've ever had. It's so great to have you in this booth, and um, if I could give you real-life flowers, I would. Audience, if you ever need a friend, uh, I hope you find a Ronnie Johnson Lopez in your life. And uh, and I hope that you guys uh, turn up the ska, check out some Op Ivy, turn on some of the specials or some madness. Self-titled, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Do some skanking in your home, y'all, because life's short. Might as well skank. Yeah, guys. Uh, choose choose joy. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous News is hosted by Mark Kendall and Bill Worley. Executive producers are Ben Bolin and Noel Brown. Produced and edited by Tari Harrison. Research provided by Casey Willis. And theme music by Four Eyes and Dr. Delight. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, Every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.